Welcome to Chalk Bucket Radio. In today's episode, episode seven, we discuss sleep, sleep patterns, and we talk about ways that you can improve your sleep and why that's important. We also will discuss a journal article on comparing yourself to others. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Chalk Bucket Radio. Welcome to Chop Bucket Radio. Your host is my dad. Welcome to Chop Bucket Radio. David Nichols here. Hope everybody's having a great day. Um, I'm recording this on May 6th. I'm not sure when you're listening to it, but um, catch you up over um, or catch you up on the family for things over the weekend. Uh, we had an exciting uh, visit to the uh, children's ER. Uh, my son slipped and fell and uh, ended up hitting his head on part of the door jab of the uh, shower and kind of split it open. So we got another lovely visit to get that thing glued up. Uh, my kids, just as most kids, seem to enjoy going to the doctor's office um, spur of the moment, which was kind of interesting because uh, Lindsay was at home with all the kids and I was gone, and um, we were about to meet up for dinner for a surprise birthday party for one of our friends, and uh, so she had to run to the, run Graham into town, get him uh, glued up and whatnot, so uh, we also celebrated the first day of getting in the pool here, um, so that was pretty exciting. The, the kids have been begging to get in since it's been, I would say, kind of hot. I would not say hot, um, just because... It hasn't really gotten into the 90 degree weather yet, but they, nonetheless, you know, the kids get outside, they see the sun, they want to get in the pool. So we're able to get in the pool and that was kind of fun because Kennedy now can walk around. And so uh, she spent all last summer in her little floaty thing um, and would just uh, crash out and sleep. But this year we get to chase her around, which I guess is going to be fun. Um, I think it's cool that she's able to move around and uh, get up and walk and doesn't have any issues with that, but that can, uh, around the pool can be a little dangerous and keep you busy. So um, we got to experience that. Yesterday was team series at the gym. Uh, I had a great time with that. Uh, I particularly had fun because I got to work out with uh, Jeff Bosworth and uh, Matt Flory, two of our Members that have been members for a while. Uh, Matt has been a member for almost seven years, six years, or seven, eight years, something like that. And then uh, Jeff for about five or six as well. And so it's kind of cool teaming up with those guys, uh, going through a couple workouts and uh, enjoying a Sunday afternoon. Um, Today's episode, we're going to get into the first of seven episodes talking about goal setting and ways to improve performance. 
Today's episode is going to mainly focus on sleep, um, and then we're going to talk about sleep quite a bit, and then the next episode is going to be on nutrition, then mobility, then conditioning, then strength, then skill, and then sport. Now, we talked about this in episode six, so if you haven't listened to episode six, go ahead and do that. That'll kind of lay the groundwork for today's conversation. Excuse me, I am uh, struggling with some allergies right now, so I may have to cough a couple times off, um, I almost said off camera, but off mic. Um, So sleep's really important for us, and I think everybody knows that. Um, We live in a society that says um, that sleep isn't that important, so it can kind of be confusing when we feel like we've got to grind all day and stay up late, and um, I think it's called FOMO, the fear of missing out. Uh, We're so quick to... um, not worry and not care about sleep, but sleep is very, very important. I know that um, for myself, when I started uh, 2019, I had a goal of averaging seven hours of sleep per night. And I've got a fun little tracker on my iPhone that um, tracks all that for me. And it's been really useful because what I've found is that the accountability of having to check something off or the accountability of tracking something has really forced some decision-making on my end and decision-making on a couple fronts. One, forcing me to not do something and go ahead and go to bed early. And then the other, forcing me or giving me the opportunity to um, go ahead and stay up a little bit later than maybe what I think I could or should. Um, with the randomness of my work schedule, meaning not every day is the same, um, I, although I still have the same wake-up times, um, you know, some nights I want to stay up a little bit later because I know I can air quote sleep in. Um, so it's allowed me to track that and manage that. I've really enjoyed doing that. I am going to start looking at a more advanced way to keep track of it. So far, I've just been using inside the clock app you can go to the bedtime feature and uh, play around there i'd suggest doing that that just shows whenever you're air you know you're in bed um but it doesn't really track your sleep patterns and whatnot so been considering looking at either a garmin or an apple watch or aura um, some way to track sleep and really get to know a little bit more about my sleep so Anyhow, just to, um, I guess, let you know, tr- me tracking my sleep has been useful. I've, uh, as I said, I've, you know, it's forced me into some decisions and whatnot, but it has been really good for me to um, have to put some of those numbers in and take a look at it and realize that, um, you know, throughout the course of the week, I'm averaging about seven hours and 24 minutes of sleep. And so really depending on how late I go to bed on the weekends, which is not super late. Um, you know, could, that number could bump up a little bit, but consistently my days Monday or Sunday night through Thursday night are fairly consistent. So tracking that has been useful, as I said, and I'm looking to um, bump to 7:30 instead of 7:24, and I think I'll be able to do that. Um, it's really not that hard to get that much sleep. Um, but I know that I'm getting way more sleep than I used to. And that blows my mind that I used to get less sleep than, uh, what I currently do. Now, why is sleep important? 
Sleep is important for a couple things. One, recovery of our body, and then also for hormone release. And we'll get into that um, here to start off. And so whenever our body goes to sleep and we actually, um, well, let me back up. Let's go through the stages of sleep. So there's actually um, four stages of sleep, and each of these stages is considered a sleep cycle. And a sleep cycle will run somewhere between 90 to 90 minutes to maybe um, 120 minutes, so two hours. Um, so an hour and a half to two hours. Uh, stage one is the lightest uh, stage of non-REM sleep. Um, and people, this is when like you're super drowsy, but you're not fully asleep. So this is the very first uh, few minutes of you laying down. Now, I am reading this information off of um, the web. <coughs> Excuse me. And so it may sound a little robotic. I'll post uh, some links in the show notes here to all this. But stage one is the lightest stage of non-REM sleep. It's often defined by the presence of slow eye movement. This drowsy sleep stage can be easily disrupted, causing wakings or arousal. Muscle tone throughout the body relaxes. The brainwave activity begins to slow um, from when you're awake. And occasionally people may experience hypnic jerks or abrupt muscle spasms that may experience the sense, and they may even experience the sensation of falling while drifting in and out of stage one. <coughs> um, so I've had that experience before, that experience of feeling like you're uh, falling or um, occasionally I'll, um, I know that I've remembered trying to catch a ball or something like that. But I will tell you my fun, favorite story of stage one sleep ever in my entire life. I was on an airplane uh, with someone I won't name to make sure she doesn't get mad at me um, because I didn't ask if I could share the story. But uh, I was on an airplane and um, we're, we had boarded and we're kind of waiting for everything uh, for the plane to take off and everybody to get on. And then um, the person I was traveling with was uh, dozing and, you know, kind of on an in and out of sleep. And um, <laughs> they have a history of these jerks, the hypnic jerks. And they jerked so much that they threw their passport against the window super hard and really scared the person in front of us. Uh, pretty funny moment. So just make sure you're never in stage one sleep while boarding an air, airplane or while waiting for everybody to board the airplane. Now, stage two is the first actual stage of um, defined as non-REM sleep. Awakenings or arousals do not occur as easily as stage one. Sleep, the slow eye moving, or sorry, the slow moving eye rolls discontinue. Brain waves continue to slow with a specific burst of rapid activity known as sleep spindles intermixed with sleep structures known as K-complexes. Both sleep spindles and K-complexes are thought to serve as protection for the brain from awakening from sleep. So your body temperature begins to decrease and your heart rate begins to slow. In stage three, it is known as deep non-REM sleep, the most restorative stage of sleep. And stage three um, consists of delta waves and slow waves. 
awakenings or arousers are rare and often it's difficult to awake someone in stage three. Um, night terrors can happen, sleepwalking, sleep talking, all those happen during stage three. <coughs> okay, sorry, I had to get a drink of water. All right, now REM sleep, which is the, the last stage known as rapid, rapid eye movement, is most commonly known as the dreaming stage. Eye movements are rapid, moving from side to side, and brain waves are more active than in stage two and three of sleep. Awakenings and arousals can occur more easily in REM. Being woken during REM period can leave you feeling groggy or overly sleepy. So as we transfer in and out of each of these stages, um, starting with the non-REM and working all the way through to REM, that's called a sleep cycle. And we have a sleep cycle um, on average, between 90 minutes to uh, 120 minutes, okay? So that gives us four to five sleep cycles per night, uh, depending on how long we've been asleep. Now, um, as, we go th- as we're sleeping, our body releases hormones. And this is really important for you from an exercise standpoint, because as we get sleep, not only do our muscles get to recover and joints get to recover, but our body releases hormones. And human growth hormone, 75% of that is released while we sleep. Um, Now, the cool thing is it's released in stage three. And um, this is why I'm really curious to getting something to track my sleep, because I'd like to figure out when I'm in um, different cycles um, and then maybe use that to my advantage as far as if I know that I have a sleep cycle every 90 minutes, then I could plan my time of sleep around that so I could get the most benefit and make sure I don't work, wake up in, um, you know, a different sleep state and maybe can get all the way through, um, another, um, stage three. So, um, as that, uh, growth hormone is released, um, there are many other hormones that are released as well, but that's, um, something that's really important from an exercise standpoint that really helps our body, um, fight and get stronger. Uh, and I say fight, meaning fight against, uh, soreness, um, fight against, uh, muscle aches, fight against joints, not feeling well. Um, (coughs) excuse me. And this also will help us, those of us that want to build some lean muscle mass. Now, um, that's the boring part of sleep. All right. We have the four sleep cycles, They're important because they help us recover from workouts. They help us get stronger, release hormones, blah, 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 blah. We know that stuff, or we should have a general idea about the idea that we maybe don't know those things, I should say, but we have a general idea that sleep is good for us. So how do we improve our sleep? So a couple things. One is consistency. We want to make sure that we're getting to bed at a consistent time each night. And if you can't do this consistent time each night, then consistent on every Monday or every Tuesday, every Wednesday. And so after we have a schedule, the next thing we want to do is make sure that we have um, stayed away from our TV screen or our phone screen or computer, but our screen time has stopped 30 minutes prior to sleeping, um, that we create a bedtime routine. So our bedtime routine could be Let's say we want to go to bed at 10 o'clock. Then 
Then at 9.30, we're going to go ahead and turn off all screens. We're going to uh, make our room dark, make it nice and cool, and then maybe participate in taking a warm shower or doing some light stretching or yoga, possibly journaling, um, but coming up with an activity that is going to um, de-stress your mind and kind of slow your mind down a little bit. Um, after that, then we want to, you know, uh, I think I said this, make sure that the room is dark. Um, we don't have any, like a lot of noise going on and it's a comfortable room. Uh, next thing you'd want to make sure of is that, uh, you haven't had any caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, or sugar within the last hour. Okay. Those things will, uh, not allow you to sleep very well and even get to sleep. And so you want to remove those things. Um, now, another bit of advice that the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Strokes say is don't lie in bed awake. If you can't go to sleep, get up and go do something. Go read, listen to music, um, do something until you feel tired. I find that an interesting suggestion um, because I would say just lay in bed. But I also don't work for the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Strokes. So um, maybe that is a benefit to you, but maybe something to at least consider. If you're just kind of tossing and turning in bed, we need to um, maybe do get our brain moving and active to make us a little tired or make us more tired. Now, um, uh, to me, I think that trying to get a bedtime routine is hugely important. Um, recently, meaning this year, I've really tried to work on that. Some days and weeks are way more consistent than others, but trying to be in bed before 10 o'clock, trying to, um, you know, stay off of my phone and things like that. Once again, I'm not awesome at it every day, but I do try to make a concerted effort to, um, minimize that screen time before I go to sleep. Um, whenever we look at a screen, particularly our phone or we're engaged in social media, our body releases, um, dopamine and we get a little bit of a high and we enjoy it and we want more of it. Um, which then becomes counterproductive to slowing down the activity I want to become better at and actually participate in is journaling. That's not something I've done very frequently. Um, in the last several years, but that is something that I'm going to look to try to get more into is um, journaling my thoughts and stuff before I go to sleep um, to help clear my head and clear my mind so that I can get a more restful night's sleep. Um, now, a lot of people will go back and forth on the amount of time that you need to sleep. Um, some people say seven hours, some people say 10, other people say four. Um, in a book that I was listening to, and I'm going to have to pull up the name of the book here on my phone. I really like the gentleman's advice in there. He said, treat it like calories. Not everyone's body needs the same amount of calories and thus not everybody's body will need the same amount of sleep. Um, the book is called the sleep solution by W Chris winter MD. So I'll go ahead and post that in the show notes. Uh, I really like that book. It's pretty detailed on what is happening in sleep and how to create some good sleep habits. Um, and so um, probably probably a good resource if you're curious about sleep. So in closing here, we have four stages of sleep. We need to get through all four stages, specifically stage three to get hormone release 
of human growth hormone. Uh, we don't want to wake up in stage four because that's going to make us super groggy and not feel very good. Um, we want a consistent nighttime routine. We want to minimize that screen time before we start getting to bed, uh, minimize alcohol, sugar, nicotine, um, and caffeine. And then we want to potentially journal thoughts or meditate for a little bit to help clear our minds. I hope today's episode was useful for you in discussing sleep. I feel that sleep is one of the few things in our life that we get to control. Now, there are certain times in our life where maybe we don't get to because we have newborns or we have kids waking up because they're potty training. Um, yes, I just described my house. Um, but for the most part, we get to dictate sleep. And so that's why I put sleep as number one on um, my list of seven ways to uh, set goals and to get better at CrossFit. Uh, I put sleep first, followed by nutrition, mobility, conditioning, strength, skill, and then the sport. Uh, we control that. Thus, I think it is far more important than some of the other items. It's also important because of the recovery factor and um, for the fact that if we're on poor sleep, we're not going to be able to perform because we're going to be tired and then we're not going to be able to recover and thus our performances continue to stink. Um, so that's going to wrap up our discussion about sleep. Next episode, we're going to talk about nutrition. Now, something new that I'm going to do, um, at least for today, we'll kind of see how it goes, is I want to discuss a journal article or a reading. And so um, today's reading comes from James Clear, and this is off of his website, jamesclear.com. And it talks about the hidden danger of comparing yourself to others. Um, I actually posted it on our CrossFit Flower Mound community page. If you're not on that, you can go to jamesclear.com slash quality comparison. And I'll actually post this in the show notes as well. Um, but I really like the very, very bottom of this article. It says, your concern is to do the work, not judge it. Your concern is to fall in love with the process, but, uh, sorry, I messed that up. Start over. Your concern is to do the work, not judge it. Your concern is to fall in love with the process, not with the outcome. Keep your eyes on your own paper. And one of the things that he was talking about as far as keeping your eyes on your own paper is not cheating, not worrying about what somebody else is doing and then trying to compare yourself to that. Um, one of the things that I really liked a long time ago at a business workshop I was at was this idea that you shouldn't worry about what your competition is doing in the sense of trying to compare yourself to them or trying to do the same programs and stuff because their business plan may not line up with your business plan. And, um, whenever I heard that, that really clicked for me because, the goals that I have for our community at CrossFit Flower Mound may not line up with the goals, let's say, of CrossFit Invictus in San Diego. And so if those goals don't line up, then what I don't want to do is spend time trying to match their goals with our goals. That's going to get, us, get me nowhere and actually probably get me more unhappy than happy because we are now working towards someone else's goals, not our goals. And so that was really helpful for me to think about it in the sense of, you know, not comparing myself to others and not worrying about what others are doing 
as much as focusing on myself. Now, I will say when it comes to the whiteboard and CrossFit and the competitive component of CrossFit, it's really easy to worry about things and to worry about, oh, well, this person beat me or I want to beat this person. But at the end of the day, there's so many factors that play into one's performance that, in my opinion, I think it's really hard to really compare your progress with somebody else's or compare your specific workout score with somebody else's. Um, you know, I know for a long time, um, I've worked with someone that really struggled with comparing themselves, um, with a few female athletes. And then as you begin to break down, um, the comparison, what is, um, you know, what is this one person doing that you can't do? Or what does this person have that from a skill standpoint that you don't have? As we began to look at that, what um, I was able to show uh, this client I was working with was there were things that were totally different from a life standpoint that prevented the person I was working with from really being at that time at the same level as the other person. Um, The uh, client I was working with worked a job that um, kept her up late at night. She, she worked through the evening and would have to work out early, early in the morning. Um, she had to provide for her family um, for income, and so she had to work. Um, she had um, no real background in fitness prior to starting CrossFit. Um, and she was comparing herself to someone that was, um, you know, didn't have to work for a living, had a lengthy competitive background in fitness, um, in sport, I should say, that um, then allowed her to excel at CrossFit in a very short amount of time. And so as I began to break down these factors, um, it really helped my client see that her comparison was actually harming her more than it was helping her. She wasn't gaining anything by comparing herself to someone that was literally uncomparable just because of lifestyle. So, um, in close closing here, check that article out. Like I said, I'll post it in the show notes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and, um, hear your thoughts on sleep. Our next podcast, um, will be coming up is going to discuss nutrition and why nutrition is second on the list of things you should, uh, work to control to, uh, help you in your goal setting. Hope you have a great day and I will talk to you soon.